Y'all, today's episode, we are talking all about Clubhouse. And before you're like, Brandy, whoa, 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 you are not usually the social media girl. I have a kilo in here and she and I are talking all about how to use Clubhouse effectively to land clients. This is the first social media platform that I'm actually like really excited to get behind. So let's jump on in. Welcome to the Serve Scale Soar podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping service-based entrepreneurs scale their online business to five-figure months so they can soar into six-figure years. Your host, Brandy, is a wife, mom, and in less than one year, created a six-figure business. And now she is spilling all her secrets so you can too. Hello, Serve Sales Store family. Oh my goodness. I am so excited because today I have my friend Akila on here. And what I love about this is I always tell you it's all about relationships over revenue. And I met Akila on Clubhouse, which is so cool because I don't think that we would have connected otherwise. And I wanted her to come in here because she's totally like crushing it on Clubhouse and chat about how we can use Clubhouse for our one-to-one services And is it even a platform we should be spending our time on? So Akila, before we get started, please tell my audience who you are as a person and then also a little bit about your business. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, my name is Akila Tompkins Robinson. As a person, I am a wife and a mom of a six-year-old that I'm praying doesn't come in here today. <laughs> I am a sorority girl or woman because I'm that age now. And I don't watch much TV. I know that's not like really personable, but if you ever like start listening to a lot of things, I know all the things that's happening on shows that I've never seen before. <laughs> Because I came up with pop culture, I like spoiler alerts. And so like The Bachelor, I know everything that's happened and I have not seen an episode in years, but I'm listening, watching. (laughs) So a little bit about me. My business is called Girl Get Visible. And what I do is help mainly female entrepreneurs to get out there, get found and get visible using SEO and content marketing. So I have a couple of different sides to my business. One is as an SEO service provider. I do one-on-one full SEO. I do audits, like, you know, one-time audits. I do VIP day intensives. Um, And then that leads into the other part, which is where I do a lot of training and consulting. And so that's kind of like my done with you side. So I have a membership. I have uh, boot camps and weekends that I run to help people start to learn how to do it themselves. I really think, especially entrepreneurial businesses where you're the face of your business, it's good to know about the SEO and the content that you're putting out there. And then I have some DIY stuff as well. So I have a couple of different avenues for my business. And I really, my whole goal in life is to help people get out there, get found and get visible. I love that one. Do not give me any spoiler alerts because I'm a total reality TV junkie. And so I am currently watching The Bachelor. And so no spoiler alerts for me. And then also I love this because I teach in my beta to biggie program. Like it is so important for service providers to have more than one stream of income. And I also believe that as service providers, we have one up on everyone else because we're in the back end. We know how like everything's working and then we can translate that into our programs. Like you said, you have a DIY and done with you. I love that you have multiple streams of revenue in your business. And now let's get into the marketing of your business because this whole conversation is on Clubhouse. And so can you tell my audience what the heck is Clubhouse anyway? 
So uh, Clubhouse is an audio only social media, and they say social media, but I feel like it's more conversational (laughs) application where literally, and it's only available for iOS right now, but I've heard that they have finally hired some Android developers. So it's coming, guys, it's coming. (laughs) I might actually already be here once this airs, but you can go on there and you can create a room or you can enter a room that's already been created and either listen to a conversation or jump on stages and be part of the conversation. Conversation. You can, like I said, also create your own rooms where you start the conversation. And I like to compare it to like a really nonstop dinner party-ish kind of thing or a conference where there's not exactly a stage, you know, it's really like a bunch of panel discussion kind of things. So um, it's, it's really been great. Most service providers, because we work with people on our business, I feel like we have the best knowledge and we're able to kind of talk on the fly where we can troubleshoot problems and really discuss different scenarios because we're not just doing it for ourselves, but we're doing it for a variety of people. I mean, literally that's how I thrive. I can talk. (laughs) And so um, I really think it's a good platform to get on there and share your expertise, share what you're doing and, you know, really be able to thrive and show off the things that you can do. I love that you reference it as a dinner party. Like I've never thought about it like that. And that's so smart because It is like you have the host, like the person who sets up the room and then they pretty much like curate the party and they like bring in the host and moderators and then the other host and moderators get to know each other and then they form relationships. And then all of this happening while you have an audience watching, it's like a bunch of flies on the wall watching the dinner party, but then also get invited up to the stage to have that conversation. And that's such a powerful picture of how Clubhouse works. And I love how you said this is great for service providers because we know how to talk about it. But also, I think it's great because sometimes service providers are so used to being in the back of everyone's business that they don't want to come to the spotlight. But the best thing about the clubhouse is like, it's just your voice. And it's so real and natural. It's not like a very scripted, polished thing. You just show up as who you are. And for all of our moms listening, the best thing is you can have like a two-year-old screaming in the background, or you can like be in a mom bun cooking dinner and still be able to participate on Clubhouse. And so what do you think is the best part about Clubhouse from like an entry-level position? Because like Instagram, curated feeds, like Twitter, you got to have witty things to say. But what do you think is like the really like cool thing about Clubhouse? I think if you work it right, and I say that that way, I've been on since November. (laughs) It feels like forever, but it has grown and changed already so much when I joined. Like when I joined, if a room got to a hundred, that was a big deal. Now rooms are like at thousands regularly. (laughs) And when I joined, it was more, most people in the room were on the stage or coming like rotating in and out of the stage. Now people are more like just going to sit in the audience. So when I say do it right, I'm saying I'll kind of explain what I mean and kind of the differences of how I've seen some things that I wish were still there are happening more of and what I'm going to tell you guys to do. So I say when you first go on, if you're really going to make the biggest impact is find the smaller under 100 rooms, find the rooms that are either in your niche or adjacent to your niche. And this is really important, especially like for my SEO folks and my else out there, because I hang out in the SEO room and they're an amazing place to learn, but I swear it turns into SEOs talking to SEOs about SEO. <laughs> and, so, and so needless to say, it is not a client generating room. But when I go into a room like a YouTube room or if I go into a room that's talking about Instagram or something where they would use SEO, 
but it's not a bunch of other like service providers talking to each other, I'm able to contribute more to the conversation. So I would really look for those smaller rooms where you can contribute to the conversation, not take over, but contribute to the conversation and really be part of what's going on. Like avoid the urge to just listen. If you have to like set yourself a time, like at least two times a day for 30 minutes, I need to be on someone's stage in the conversation not just asking a question in the conversation. And these are all the things I tell my clients. So like, make sure you're just up there and being part of it. I think that's the best way to grow. That's the best way to start growing your audience and eventually growing your business on there. Okay. So I think this is great. And I have a few questions on this. First off, I want to go back real quick and I'm excited about this conversation, but I want to go back because I do want to dig into this whole strategy. So I love going to adjacent rooms, less than a hundred people, and then setting a time. I talk about active marketing and we'll link up that podcast episode for y'all, but like being very intentional with your marketing. But then my question is, how do you come up to the stage add value without it being like you're selling yourself. Here's an example. So I will be honest. I usually only pop into clubhouse when I'm moderating a room and I've been asked to. So I've never been in the audience and then raised my hand, came up and provided value in a room. But I have been a moderator in rooms where people come up and they pitch themselves and you're like, oh, did that just happen? So can you give us some tips on how to come up to the stage from the speaker box to the stage, add value without it being like, spammy. Yes. So I'm glad you asked that question. Great, great, great question. (laughs) Because I've been in those rooms too. So first thing I start with, read the room. Some rooms are just Q&A rooms where they just want questions. They don't want answers. (laughs) So some rooms are less open to people coming up and providing their expertise or their value. So never just go into a room and jump up on the stage. Always like staying around, listen, 10, 15 minutes. And honestly, if you're doing your active marketing time, I say it with air quotes that you guys can't see, but know that my fingers are doing it. But if you're doing your active marketing time and you go into a room and you see it's just a Q&A room, after first 10, 15 minutes, go find another room. Or like I said, start a room. If the room seems like the host or whoever's kind of running the room or the moderators, if you hear them saying things like, anyone have anything to add? That gives you an indication that they want people to add to the conversation. If they're the kind of hosts that are throwing out questions, as opposed to just saying, start with a question. Like you always hear people say, start with, my question is, that is the leave quietly button trigger for me. (laughs) When they start limiting the way you can talk, get out of there. And like I said, get out of there if this is your active marketing time. If you just want to hang out and learn, cool, stick around. But if you're really going in there now, I'm going to do some things to really help my business. Read the room. That's the first thing. Listen to the conversation. When you do get up there, I and depending on the room, sometimes I say, you know, I heard what so-and-so just said, or I had something that could help to add to someone else who asked the question. Because there will always be someone who has a question or two. Sometimes I'll start with, you know, I've got a question because sometimes I may, and I've got a little bit of value. When I first got on, I went into a lot of rooms where people were talking about content and social. And one of the kind of advantages of what I do is that I can always chime in and say, I know you're creating all this content on social, but consider moving it to your site and this can help you. And I can go into my kind of little spiel. I even feel awkward when I jump into, you know, and it's, it's kind of my tagline, you know, get out there, get found, get visible. And I go into that. And I very, 
rarely when someone just says, you know, hey, even if I'm up there as a moderator, when people are like, and Brady, you probably heard me fumble through this. <laughs> When people are like, you know, Keila, introduce yourself. I hate going through the whole pitch. I just want to be like, hey, guys, I help people to, you know, get out there, get found, get visible. And I want to get to a question. I personally, and if you guys don't know your human design, I'm really into that, really into it. But I know it enough to know that I do better with Q&A. <laughs> what is your human I, design? I'm a manifesting generator. Okay, I'm a projector. Okay, so you're you're better when people I'm big picture you. strategy. Yeah. And they've asked you, so I'm better yeah. with being triggered for yeah. by things. I need to be triggered. So call and response to the question asking is really good for me because it's a trigger <laughs> and it really keeps me from rambling too. So I pretty much get through my name part as quickly as possible. So I can get to a question, which is where I know that I thrive. And I would think about that. Like how much are other people doing their spiels? How long are those? I was in one room a while ago and I won't tell you guys what she said, cause it's very inappropriate. And it was a Christian room. <laughs> we'll start with that. It was a Christian ministry room. And in the, I think it actually even said like YouTube for Christian ministries or something. And someone came to the stage and she, no lie, had at least a three minute pitch. And it wasn't that her business was bad. It was just about the female body. And she chose to throw out every word and scenario that I'm sure a few people were uncomfortable with. And I forgot what her question was. And I happened to be a moderator and it was a bunch of guys too. So I know they felt a little awkward. So I saved everybody. I was like, well, what you just asked is how do you market? And let me tell you, first thing to do is understand your audience. <laughs> and it's kind of without chastising her at all, but it kind of was like, read the room a little bit, understand the audience. When you can say something that's in line with a question that was just asked, or if the moderator mentioned something, when you can say, just like you just said, or if so-and-so just asked a question, here's an extra answer for her question just like you would in a regular party, when you can make whatever you say in line with something that actually happened in the room, people understand that you're there to have a conversation and not just there to talk about yourself. Because you've now said, you know, I heard you just say, or I know you have a YouTube channel. Let me tell you some of the things that I've seen happening on YouTube. Now I'm going to go on my spiel, but the person who I'm talking to is leaning in because I started with I know you have a channel, which means I paid attention to them. And I know someone's probably thinking, well, how do I do that in <laughs> 2.2 seconds? Most people have their Instagram thing or their Twitter, but most people have their Instagram linked right there on their page. While you're sitting on the stage waiting for them to get to you, that is a great time for you to scroll through and learn a little bit about the people. Learn a little bit about, you know, who's the person that's doing the most talking, who's the moderator. Again, if somebody asks a question, learn a little bit about, so that way when it's time for you to talk, you're talking to them, not at them. I love that. This is going to be such a great transition because one of the things that has been so great about Clubhouse is how fast it's been growing Instagram accounts. And so an example of this is I looked at George Aquila and you're at just over 8,000 as we're recording this followers on Clubhouse and your Instagram is at 3,500. How long have you been building that Instagram account? I've been building it. Let me tell you. <laughs> Just like I'm not even a good Instagram person. I've been building it for years. I'll just say that. Okay. Years, years, years. And the reason why I rolled my eyes when you said that, I swear a thousand of those people came since November. They came right from Clubhouse. I had to up my Instagram game and start putting up more content. <laughs> just Same. because. Yeah. Yeah. I was at like at the end of the year, I guess I got on Clubhouse around December-ish, maybe January. 
And, you know, I hadn't posted since October and I just posted, this is March. And I just posted yesterday for the first time since October, but my Instagram's grown over a thousand people in a month and I'm only on there twice a week. And so on Clubhouse and I'm like, holy cow, but what happens is it's growing but then the messages start coming. And so I think that this is a really good segue of not only can we get to know the moderators, but like also the do's and don'ts of messaging people on Instagram. I think it's the same thing reading the room, but also not sending like salesy pitches to people's DMs on Instagram because I've been getting so many of those lately and it's like, oh, like this is so gross. And so have you seen that happening to you? Absolutely. I've seen a lot of really spammy, shady stuff happening. <laughs> So I'm glad you said this too, because um, I'm hoping none of no one listening here ever does this stuff. So what I will say is, unless someone says on stage, you know, DM me for such and such, don't DM people that you've never spoken to. Don't DM people and say, I just saw you in a room and I wanted to know if I could pitch you my product, that kind of thing. I've had that happen a lot. People will see me on stage and I, I welcome people who are like, I saw you and I have a question or something like that. But when people are like, I saw you and it looks like you might need this kind of help. Even people like will see that I have a podcast. It looks like, you know, I'll be a good guest for your podcast. I'm like, but you didn't come to stage and say anything. And that already tells me that you're not a person that's going to step out there and really put yourself out there. So that's that's one thing. If you've not actually come to the stage, don't pitch them a product or service or to be part of their thing or anything like that, unless they invite it, right? The other thing I would say is what another thing I've seen people do is they will look at the audience and start pitching the audience. Or even if you're in a club, which we didn't talk about the difference between rooms and clubs, but clubs are like special, um, specific groups. I've seen people in the clubs send me like, hey, I see we're in the same club or we were in the same room together. You know, I'd love to talk to you about what I do. And I'm like, yeah, I'd love to never talk to you. <laughs> Because you're literally, it's almost like skimming email addresses and getting email addresses. That's how I feel about my DMs. It's like getting email addresses that I didn't give you my email. So I would say those two things. Don't just randomly pitch somebody up on stage just because you saw them. Don't just randomly pitch other people in the audience. A good way to get into their inboxes is if they invite it. So if they say, hey, I want to talk about or anybody want this or that kind of thing. If you are going to like try to talk to someone about your services, maybe approach them with how they can collaborate or, you know, I've got this thing or just follow them. Some people like I try to follow back. I actually am very much more intentional now with my Instagram because I feel more connected to the people that I know are coming from Clubhouse. And I'd be on a stage and I'll come off and have like 40, 50 people. My assistant who helps with my Instagram, she used to text me like you're on Clubhouse again, huh? Because <laughs> she can see all of our numbers like boom, you know, going like way, way up, which is telling you another reason to get on stages. But I now make sure like I, you know, follow them back or I'll look at some pictures. I'm much more intentional about even the people who follow me. So I would start with that, just following them, maybe just being in a room, maybe just asking them, hey, I loved what you said on the stage. People have done that. Love what you said on the stage. I'm following you. You know, let me know when you're on another stage. Kind of start building those kind of relationships if you want to pitch or you pitch your service to somebody, or if you want to kind of, I'm going to say being in the inbox a little bit more passively, although I know it's kind of what we're used to DMing people to get to the services. And I'm sure you'll ask me in a minute. That's not the optimal way. And that's not actually how I've gotten any of my clients that I've gotten from Clubhouse yet. I love that. And I will say that I absolutely adore when people message me in my DMs and say, hey, I just heard this. You say this on Clubhouse. This was really impactful. 
when's your next room? Or do you have like a resource I can learn more about what you do? Like, that's a good way to connect with someone because when you're in clubhouse, you're like, was that smart? Did I just say that? Did anyone resonate with that? (laughs) And so like when people confirm that, that's always like such like a wonderful way to surprise someone in their DM. So I love that you said that Akilah. And then, so yes, let's chat about how can we use clubhouse to find one-on-one clients? Yeah. So I got more in the beginning, but I also got very strategic. So I'll talk about both. I got very strategic about how I was guiding clients. Cause in the beginning I would get on a stage, I would talk about, you know, doing SEO and talk about SEO things and questions and all kinds of stuff. And I would get a lot of, can you help me? Can you schedule an appointment with me? Which is what I wanted, but it was a lot. And you can't, you guys can't, I talk with my hands guys. <laughs> so you can't see my hands, but know that they're going all over the place. I wanted the traffic and the attention but I didn't really have a good way to target them. So I felt like I literally was blocking off hours and two hours just to respond to DMs because they all needed their own specific response because I was literally did not have a way that I was really bringing them in. So what I got more strategic about, so the first way I was getting them was getting on stage and talking about making sure that my bio was set up very nicely to say, this is who I help. This is how I help them giving a link. And now I even have a text message to tell them, you know, reach out to me. And I would say things on the stage, like, if you have any questions about this, feel free to DM me. Real super casual. And people will definitely DM you with the questions or things if you have it. As I've gotten better with this and gotten a little less all over the place, I became much more intentional about once they came into my DM, telling them, don't just DM me, but DM me for. So, you know, if you want to set up an appointment or if you want to do this, I always have a call to action statement that I'm using kind of for the week or for whatever the period is. I also created very, very short funnels. So now like I run challenges and most people are like, well, you run challenges to go into a launch, which I do that. I run the challenges to go into a launch, but now I'm telling people, if you just want to get an idea of what it's like to work with me, get into this challenge. It's a five-day challenge. I'm coaching all week. And at the end, they can decide if they want to go the done for you services or the done with you services. Those are really the two roads that I want them to go down. But I now started because I people, everybody wanted to talk to me. <laughs> and it was like, I don't have enough time in the day to just to field all of these consultation calls, which I know is a good problem to have, but it's a problem still. Right. And so I got to me now, the challenges became like the group consultation call. I've also seen people actually do group consultation calls. Like I'm doing kind of a information type meeting on set some days to like three or four different days that you can do. If you want to kind of learn about come to this meeting and it's just people that have questions and I'm going to do kind of like a private thing, make it feel like real exclusive, right? But have something very specific and I call it a very short funnel, not to get on my email list and I'm going to email you for the next, (laughs) give them something that gives them a time and date that they are going to be able to interact with you. So whether it's a call or that meeting or the challenge, but something that's a time and date, because one thing I've learned about people on Clubhouse is that they're ready for action now. They don't want to list of more emails in their box. They really want, they're actively on Clubhouse spending time. And so they now want to go spend their time doing the next thing that's kind of super productive, which is nice, right? (laughs) I love that. So everyone, y'all can use your discovery call links. And then if you have your onboarding systems that wow, that we talk about, you know, you have that 
pre-questionnaire that will really qualify if you should even spend your time jumping on a phone with them. But I love this idea of information session. So are you doing this on Clubhouse or is this like on a Zoom link or something like that? On a Zoom link. That's my preference. I really feel like once people talk to me, they love me. <laughs> yeah, I like that. So I want to get people like seeing me flail my arms and, and laugh as quickly as possible because <laughs> it works, right? So I like face-to-face and to see people. So I always say something on Zoom, something off the app. That's the other thing about Clubhouse. It's great and it's great right now. If anybody remembers Periscope a couple of years ago, we don't know how long it's going to be great. So very quickly, you definitely definitely want to get people into your email list and get them into something that's off the app as quickly as possible, making those connections because we don't know how long Clubhouse is going to be great. <laughs> so. I know my buddy Zuck, he's already working on exactly. <laughs> Twitter's already got spaces. So it's like right now, I hate to say fishing in a pond with a lot of fish when they first put the fish in, but that's exactly what it is. It is. So. And I think that what's so great about this right now is if y'all are getting on the platform now, you have opportunity for real growth that like if you're on Instagram or stuff, it's so much harder to get that same growth than you can right now. So even like Akila, you're like instant authority because you have those 8,000 followers. And here's the thing, y'all, y'all know I'm not a big fan of vanity numbers, but they hold weight. And so that 8,000 establishes you as an authority. And that was a much easier entry zone for you than I'm assuming than Instagram or Facebook. I'm making assumptions, but I'm, I'm assuming no, these are true. You're, you're absolutely right. And that 8,000 was 2,000, 3,000. I came in with zero, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. the rest. And um, it's fine. In the very beginning when I came on, it's, as my numbers started to grow, note that I don't have a whole lot of followers on any of the others. So like you could probably combine them to make what I've got on Clubhouse. So I always like to tell people, and I like to have these conversations. I feel like we can all do this. I am not someone who brought my 10,000 over here and landed to 8,000. I literally just got on stage. And I'm also not one who was in like the thousand people rooms and just sat there on stage and told people to follow all the moderators. I actually, like I said, I don't want to spend much time in those. So, um, so I got off of those, but literally just by going into rooms, sharing my value, having conversation. And as you use the app more, they send people your way. So probably a thousand or so have been sent my way. I created a club that has helped me because people see that I have two clubs, actually an SEO club and a podcasting club. And so people will see that I own these clubs. So those will people come in that way. And my bio, bio is super important. You will wake up the followers if your bio is good because people are constantly coming. There's always a new person on the app, right? So that person, when they first come on the app, the app tries to give them like 20, 30 people to follow. But then if they're listening to any of these welcome rooms, welcome rooms tell them to go and search for people who have the same interest. So my bio says things like SEO. It says things like SAS. It says things like I'm an author. Like it says all of these things that are things people are going to be putting into the search box. They may not know they're searching for Akilah Tompkins Robinson, but they know they're searching for people who are in to these different things. And so because my bio says that I come up in their search results and they'll follow me. But how you get more rooms to go into is based on who you follow. And people know that. So they'll be trying to follow people who are like them or into things that they're into so that they can get more rooms. And so all these little steps have just organically really grown to the 8,000. And I cherish my 8,000 because, <laughs> hey, I've not been able to do it in any other platform. And for me, I'm not a super social person. Like I'm on social media, but I use social media really to engage and connect 
than I do to like run ads and get millions of people coming my way. That's just not my thing. I do SEO, you know, I want people to find me, like what I do and stick around. So that's generally how I use my social media. And so this platform has just been really good because it is a place where people find you, like what you do and stick around. I love that. And I want to come back. One, do you have any resources around Clubhouse? I do have a Clubhouse checklist. So if they go to girlgetvisible.com slash clubhouse, they can sign up to download a checklist. Perfect. We'll make sure that we include that in the show notes because I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many ways we can go and we just don't have time to go in all these ways. So thank you for that. But I do want to come back to the strategic way of using clubhouse because one of the things I know I have not done strategically up until this point is being strategic about the rooms I'm moderating and getting into. So when you're going in to create your rooms, that you host yourself and then you curate your moderators if you bring them on. What are you doing? Like, what is your strategy behind that? So the rooms that I start, and I don't start as many rooms that I'm really, if I'm starting a lot of rooms, this means I'm launching just so you guys know. (laughs) But the rooms I start are generally ones that I know my audience is going to be attracted to. So I literally use the same kind of topics that I know people want for SEO. I bring them on over to Clubhouse. So things people always want to know this to kind of about keywords, backlinks, all those kind of things. So those same things that you know that your audience is constantly asking you about, they're going to want to know it on Clubhouse too. The other thing I do is I try to create topics that people don't feel like I'm going to lecture them. Some people have luxury type rooms. I am not a luxury type person and I want people to feel like they're going to come in and either get some help. They're going to come in and be able to offer some value. So I'll actually put question marks. Like today I plan on doing a room a little bit later today about can SEO work for your business? And it's really an open-ended question. I plan to like talk to people about their business and tell them, can it help them? (laughs) You know, something super simple like that. One that did really well for me a couple of weeks ago was about podcasting and SEO, how to make it work. And so again, I, you know, took questions about that, but those are topics that people want to know about. And those are the ones because whether they know you or not, If they see that in the hallway, I'm always cognizant of what people see and what people click on. (laughs) Um, So they see it in the hallway. I want them to be like, I'm going to come on in here. People do like things with numbers. So how I grew my email list, how I got this much money. I don't normally do those because I don't like them, but people like them. So lean into what people like if you're comfortable doing it. Like I said, I kind of stay out of the big stage rooms, except for a couple of the ones that we do together, like as the group. But when I'm doing a room, it's usually just me, maybe one or two of my members or me. Someone's asked me to moderate a stage with them. So especially as service providers, people want to know more about your service. Find out who has that overlapping audience and do rooms with them. So it's only like a few people. And then you guys are, you know, entertaining questions and come with a little bit of content to tell people, but don't lecture. I said this in another share I did where it's like, I usually have about four or five things I'm going to talk about, but I don't talk about them all at once. I start out with, we're here about this. And I start with one, then I let people ask questions and I ask them questions. And then I'll do like point number two. And then, you know, again, questions and stuff. So it's more like more interactive than it is just me. Like I've got five things I'm going to share with you today. Like it is not a webinar. (laughs) Don't do that. I love this. And I'm thinking about like all of our service providers who listen, I'm just thinking topics and how you said, like, do a question, like, 
what does an OBM do for your business? That's such a great question. And people are probably like, oh, I've heard I need one of these, but what do they do? Or is Pinterest right for course creators? Like, and then you're a Pinterest manager. I love this, that it's an education piece because so many times our audience as service providers, they need to be educated before they hire us. Like, is Facebook ads right for your launch? And so they need to be educated before they can even hire this. And this is such a great way to educate them, build that know, like, and trust, and then send them over to Instagram to connect with you. So I love this. I love this. And I know I'm going to be way more strategic about the rooms I create. And by saying this, as service providers, we typically have smaller audiences. So, you know, when you first get started and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do a room and maybe only five people show up. Can you speak to that person who's like, is it even worth it? Like, does it get better? So yes, it absolutely gets better. (laughs) And I always tell people like when I did my first room, I opened a room and no one came. I put it on the calendar, did all the things they said, opened the room and absolutely no one came. And what I did was close that room, act like it never happened, except for I keep telling people in interviews. (laughs) But, you know, in most people's minds, it never happened. And an hour later, I tried it again. And then it got like 20, 30 people. So I was excited because I I now had people coming into a room. So first I'm going to say, try it again, try it a different time. There's really no bad time, but things happen. Like something happened. I know one time I decided I wanted to do a room and there was a Jay-Z party going on that same time. He wasn't on there, but everyone was celebrating him. That's a pretty good Friday night. I love hip hop. So that's a good Friday night. But it was just a lot going on. Like whoever was on the time when Kevin Hart literally broke the app, <laughs> you know, that just, sorry, bad timing, right? So if it doesn't work out, if it doesn't feel like it's enough people, then just close the room and do it another time. It does help to have a couple of people. You can tell your audience off the app. Like I said, I didn't build on my audience off the app, but I've got a membership. So my members always, I'm like, hey, we're doing rooms. We do rooms together. Like we just go and support each other. So that's, if you've got a community that can support each other, definitely they say, hey, I'm going to do a room. Anybody else want to come in? The more people you can get in, the more hallways it'll be in and the more it'll attract people. In the beginning, it will be slow. And that's perfectly okay. Because the good thing as service providers, as I told you guys, I had too many, you only need 10, 20 people. If you can convert two or three and you can do that every day of the week, you're probably full. (laughs) You know what I mean? So think about it that way. Think that you don't need to have the thousand people rooms. The thousand people rooms are probably where most of the lurkers are right now anyway. The people who are really, and everyone I know who's done really well on the app even, I've had some clients that are doing amazing. (laughs) They're doing better than me on there. But all of them do smaller, very niche very curated kind of rooms. One of my clients who's an herbalist and she does everything about herbalist, herbalism and stuff like that, thinks she might get like 100, 120 in a room, which is a lot. And she started out at one, <laughs> like most of us. She will be one of the only, like the main person speaking on the stage. So I'm like, you grabbed 120 people. <laughs> in one day. Now, and her classes only hold 60 people. So if she got half those people in one day, she's done so much. So think about it that way. Think about you don't really need a bunch of people, but you do need the people who are interested in what you do. So try to go with topics and things that are that. And like I said, if they don't come, it's okay. Just close it down. (laughs) If five people come, talk to those five people, because if you can get three of them on your list, 
If five people stay in your room and talk to you, they're really interested. I would literally start coaching them right there. What are we, what are we going to do? What, what questions do you have? How can I help you? <laughs> you know, let me send you my calendar link right now. You know, I would literally just talk to whoever shows up and, and start working with them because you can. I love that. And I want to share with y'all like full transparency. I'm doing my first room. That's like my room that I'm not co-moderating with people who have thousands and thousands of followers to help bring in the room. And it's my first one on Thursday. It will have already been over by the time y'all hear this. But I even had that panic, like, what if no one shows up? What if no one shows up? And I have almost 2000 followers on there. So it's so natural to feel that way. And if only five show up, I'll love on those five. And then we'll close the room down in 30 minutes and it'll be great. And so thank you for just giving everyone permission and sharing that story, Akila. I think that's really going to help people in your right as service providers we're so lucky. We don't need the masses. We just need a few. And so I so appreciate that. For people who do grow an audience, I learned this a little bit the hard way, <laughs> around three, 4,000 mark. For people who want you to do grow an audience, or if you've already got an audience, because I realize not everybody's starting at zero, be also cognizant of what stages you let people bring you up on. When you said 2,000, it triggered in my head. People, once you come into a room, they'll try to bring you on their stages especially if it's someone like if it's somebody else in the same service industry, stuff like that. And don't be afraid to decline because what you don't want to do is exhaust your audience. You don't want them getting pinged with you jumping on stage after stage after stage once you start growing that audience and sometimes the stages that they won't care about. And hopefully, because I know they're working on this, hopefully for a silent feature that doesn't ping people every time they all your people so you can be more curated about that experience. But sometimes I'll stay in the audience just because I know people want me on stage because I've got too many followers. And not that I mind bringing my people. If they see it, they see it. But I don't want all those people getting pinged. I might just be in there to chill. I might only be in there to stay 10 minutes. So if they do come in, I won't even be there. (laughs) So I'm also, as you start to grow, be cognizant that is this a stage that I would email my list about? Those people who are following you have now become your list. (laughs) So if it's not something you want to email your list about, or if it's just other service providers wanting you to come up so they can see everybody else too, don't be afraid to decline. I'm very like conscious of, I'm just going to sit down here in the audience and listen. And unless I think it's valuable for me and my audience now, I think for two people, (laughs) for me and my audience, I won't get on stage. Okay. So now I have to go in this direction. So have you ever been in a situation? Because here's the deal with Clubhouse. If you're a co-moderator, your moderators may add other moderators that you don't know. And just because we're all up on a stage together does not mean we know each other. And one thing that I've always been so careful about is who I align myself with, because who you align yourself with is how you're presented. Like your circle is like a reflection of you. And so, you know, with 2020 being such a crazy year, it's cautious to be even more protective of who we align ourselves with. And so have you ever had a situation where you were already on stage and someone got brought up and you're like, oh, this is not like how I want to be aligned with. Do you have any tips for that? Because I will tell you, it happened to me. And I like, I was all up in my head about it for like 48 hours. I've been on stage where that's happened. I've also been on stage where I felt other moderators were a little rude. And I've have had the moral thing happening. And part of me is like, well, I was here first. 
<laughs> well, I was part of this. I was part of the original. We thought of this idea, depending on how bad it is. And it's always question um, and a judgment call, like time that it's happening. But I've left stage quietly just because I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna, you know, and I'll, I might, if I know the person who kind of started the room, I might be like, I'll be back later. Or I'm not really just gelling with, I'm just gonna say it's a guy because usually it is. So it'll be something like that. Or I may counter something that they say in the nicest way as possible. Like, you know, that's good, but you know, you could also consider because I'm one of those kind of people. So I may throw in another consideration, especially if I think the person's just being harsh or being one-minded, which is something that I just don't like. <laughs> I think there's a good way to do business for everyone and it's finding your way, not doing it this way. You know, I'm often the person who be like, another thing you can also do or another thing you can consider to give someone who's coming up with a question to give them options. So that's another way that I've handled it. But really, if it gets bad or if I think the person's bad or going to be bad for my audience, if my audience came in and saw me on this stage and my audience are my current clients, my current members, my sorority sisters, like they're my audience too, that follow me on Clubhouse. So in addition to the 8,000 people I just met, there's a couple of people I already knew. And I'm like, if they can come in here, would I be like, oh my God, I'm on the stage with this person. <laughs> you know, if that's going to happen, then I'd rather leave quietly and I'm not say lose the opportunity of the room, but get rid of that. Or if I'm hosting a room, which just hasn't happened when I'm hosting a room or like the lead moderator, I told somebody I would moderate for them. I might put them back down. And they might, who put me back down? Yeah, me. <laughs> but it, yeah, it's a sticky situation. And when I first got on the app, I'm not sure, you came in December, so you probably have seen this happen. There was a big thing going on where people were like going into rooms and their friends were all coming up on the stage and they were almost knocking out the people who were in the rooms, yeah. you know, pretty much overtaking the moderators that were there. So I'm also very conscious of that. So if I feel like that might happen, I'll definitely like, you don't need to be up here. I'll let them speak and then nicely put them back down very quickly. Like, thanks for coming. Bye. <laughs> so um, the being strategic, but it's always a judgment call at the time that it's happening. And it does feel weird. So I guess that's the answer. Don't be afraid if it feels weird. It happens. <laughs> And I think also just give yourself permission to know this is the good thing about having a small audience because these things are probably not going to happen to you with a small audience. This doesn't stuff doesn't happen until you start to grow that audience bigger and bigger. And then that's when it gets messy in a way. But thank you for those tips. But my question is also on that. Do you think that when people come in, because this is a new platform, it's kind of like a weird thing. Like anyone can be brought up to the stage. If you have like 15 moderators and people start getting pulled up and you're like, holy cow, who are half these people? Do you think that the audience, when they come into a room and they see the stage, do you think that they're coming in thinking like all these people are friends? I think they do. I do too. I think they do. And some of us are friends or in programs yeah. together and stuff like that. And so I think they hear that banter. Like we, I think you were on the stage when everybody was going to dinner together. Oh yeah. And I was like, man, I wish I was on the West coast. <laughs> I know let's go to dinner. I wanted to go to dinner, but when people hear that, I think they assume that most of the people are some type of friend level. Like you could contact them off app. At least to that level, like we may not all be besties, but you could at least contact them off app. So people do kind of see that. Yeah, I think they do. So I, again, I'm very conscious of who I bring and what I bring my people into or keep my people into, <laughs> depending on if I was already there. 
Oh my gosh, Kayla, this has been such a jam-packed episode. I will say most of my episodes only go 30 minutes. I always say it's short enough so your kids can't burn down the house. The kids definitely could have burned down the house, but you would not have even cared because this was such a good episode. So we're not going to jump into rapid fire because we just don't have time. Sorry. But no, no, no. This was so good. They like could care less about the rapid fire because you just laid down all the value. So I so appreciate that. But I do want my audience to know where they can connect with you to learn more about your services, what you do, and how to connect with you on Clubhouse. So I am Akila Tompkins Robinson, my full name on Clubhouse. So definitely follow me. I'm, I'm in there. <laughs> You'll see me. And everywhere else, like on all the social networks, I'm Girl Get Visible, which is the name of my company. I have a podcast, which is Girl Get Visible. So the best way to find, connect, learn more is really just search Girl Get Visible. You'll find, and I do SEO. So search Girl Get Visible. You'll find me. <laughs> I love that. And we'll make sure to link all that in the show notes. Thank you so much for your time and value. Thanks for having me. Oh my goodness, y'all. That was so stinking good. So Akila helped us show how to be strategic when planning the rooms that we join, how to join those rooms that are under a hundred people, where to find the good rooms, how to add value without being spammy, how to add a call to action statement so you can land more discovery calls and how to be strategic with your bio. We are gonna link up all of Akilah's gold resources for you. And if you're like, Brandy, I want more Clubhouse knowledge. I want to learn how to market myself as a service provider. Head over to my free training, How to Scout a Consistent $10,000 Months Without a Team. I'm gonna show you what really matters in your business and what you should be focusing on. One of those things is marketing. And inside of my Surf Scale Store membership, we have resources like how to craft a Clubhouse bio, how to set up your bio for success, how to curate rooms. And if you want more information on that, then go to servescalesor.com forward slash free, check out my free training and learn about what you can do to join us inside of the Servescalesor membership. And until next week, y'all go out, serve your clients, scale your business and soar into the six figure year you deserve. Thanks again for tuning in to the Serve Scale Soar podcast with your host, Brandy. If you loved our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.